This episode of Laser Time is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash laser and get a free audiobook on us. Paging Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman, you have a telephone call at the front desk. Back into this, how long has it been? Like a fucking Why are month. We recording in a full studio audience. Oh, I don't know. Uh, how are all these ladies and gentlemen, right now, then? How all these people fit in your kitchen? Uh, I caught a busload of Big Bang Theory audience members Jeez. on the way. I got to laugh at anything go. on the sorry, way to the neo Nazi convention. Don't laugh at anything. <laughs> Come on, I don't think everything's oh, okay. No, it's well, true. I'm gonna laugh at more of my earnest jokes. Uh, <laughs> I'm back. Halo well, Four. What the f- <laughs> Hobo showed. Uh, you guys see my Flash T-shirt? <laughs> I didn't did get a. We go to comic book store. Got all hearty, right, all right. Got a hearty <laughs> laugh, at you guys. We are really tired and fresh off re- watching WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Uh, strangely, you can hear more of that on cheap podcasts. A few drinks into the night. <sighs> a few drinks into the night. Really tired, but we have to make a triumphant return to Laser Time. Where's Laser Time been? You should know. Well, I can. Moga Village. No, well, work got super busy. Um, Excellent. Brett and I's job. Well, one, one, the release of one of our biggest games came also on my birthday, which created like the biggest hassle in my entire life. Raccoon City PC port. No, man, I'm hey, talking Monster on. Hunter Three. But then Ducktales. That was last May. Ducktales was a huge part of like two weeks of like cannot wait to announce this. Then PAX which we had to fly off to, and then I got sicker than I have ever been. Yeah, I was... don't. Remember what I think I popped on the Cape Crisis podcast that you guys were doing where I was literally yeah. like, too weak to sit up yeah. and had no voice to speak with. I had uh, delirium and fever and like total Dickensian sickness when I'm just in bed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Consumption, <laughs> coughing into a rag. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there was My throat hurt so bad and I really don't get sick a lot mm-hmm. that I I thought I was coughing up blood. It, like It tastes like blood. There was no blood ever, but like I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's gone. Any laser time, laser time is returned to all of us. You should tell a friend because this episode's gonna be super fun because we're gonna go over a lot of well treaded ground, <laughs> basically. And basically, I it. hope a lot of it's from the early nineties. No, it just, uh, we're gonna start out super early. Come to think of it, oh good. Uh, further back, the better. Yes, well, I'm way further back. I'm I'm talking like I think twenty years before my parents were born. Whoa. Um, okay, well that we goes that actually out. that actually resets the interest bar. But because our, now no none of us. Can possibly relate to it. So the, the folder is called. I don't have a good title for Only it. Only Brett Elston got introduced, by the way. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. We have. I'm Henry Gilbert. Yes. Engage. That should have been have used with for me. My mistake. Who? Brett Elston. Engage. And okay. we have also. Henry Gilbert. Yeah. And okay, we also speed. have. Henry Gilbert. <laughs> of an imposter. What a twist. <laughs> it was the trees. We also. <laughs> no, I should have said, "What a scoop!" What a scoop! Uh, M Night Shyamalan. Mike. Uh, the M and M Night Shyamalan stands for Mike Grip. He releases a homing robot from the front of the car. You need some new sound effects. I really do. That seriously is over a year old now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. A little bit of uh, yeah. diehard black dude in there. 
<laughs> right, we... It is my favorite sound effect. Well, what is today's subject? Today's subject, it, the folder's titled Tinge of Horror, but our basic, mm. our basic goal here was just we sat down for a second and tried to find the most horrific details about wholesome things that we've all encountered throughout our lives. Beautifully wholesome, enjoyable things and terrible, terrible scandal related to that. And uh. we're, we're starting off light. Because um, Henry and I were in a discussion, um, and we've touched on this. I know Tyler helped uh, spearhead racism. racism about racism in cartoons. I, we probably just need to do a whole episode on that. Here's a clip of Bugs being racist. You know, Sam Brewster. The sun shines bright in my old Kentucky home. Hey there, boy. Uh, how about Bugs is black you know, right now. Peppy on that there skin box, huh? Yeah. But I, I didn't think that should count, and I have gone off on that rant before. That I it may need to count. Uh, well, th- th- I don't think it was those were wholesome to begin with. <laughs> those people were making things primarily for white audience. Like it wasn't. It, I don't think they're. I hate it when people shrug that off. Like those, the animators or writers or voice actors on Looney Tunes are racist. Mm. Come on, it was insensitive. And it well, looks really racist now, but they weren't racist people. But when you see the film Bamboozled and you know how like those char- minstrel characters were meant to demean black people, make them feel a million awful things. Like, I think that, that was that was a result of it. I don't think that was the intention. Well, it's the result of the time where it's just like World War II. Guess who's less than human? <laughs> well, everybody who isn't white got run through the ringer a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty awesome yeah. being white. And on behalf of Henry, I'm sorry. I, I hey. don't know why his people did that. I'm Italian. I, I, I'm the only, like... No, Brett and I are both white. Or you have Irish in there. That doesn't count. Not as oh, much great. As... Now Bioshock Infinite has made you feel somehow oppressed. <laughs> well, that's yeah, right? why I like that. <laughs> Bioshock Infinite reminds you of, like, yeah, back then, the Irish were also pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Like, people, like, by bad, I mean not liked. Like, yeah, the Irish were so unliked, you completely forgot how people hated Italians for a time with... Who looked swarthier, and uh-huh. you could see how white well, people would hate cases, Italians. In both cases, they were not Protestant. They were cat. They were right. dirty Catholics. Mm-hmm. Dirty, dirty. Catholics. Is that some deep-seated guilt that we will even turn on ourselves? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, that's the sadder. Exactly. Whenever I see people like like a white person saying something about the Jews, I'm like, man, you really need to stick together from here on out. Like, it's only going to get worse for you, white people. Yeah. <laughs> But you, you, back, you white people. But back to cartoons. <laughs> back to cartoons. You brought up uh, Bosco and like Bosco, uh, the original Warner Brothers star. The Stay first with you, Looney Tune. The first Looney Tune. The first Warner Brothers star. And like you were like, he's racist because this was on the Bugs Bunny. So Bosco was shown all the time when we were kids. There was a big deal when Looney Tunes came to. Nickelodeon, and they wow. showed Looney Tunes every day. I have, and and just to, just part to of that bring package. you right back, I have, I, I, I love the Looney Tunes on Nickelodeon commercials. And to give you some frame of reference, when I, when I say love the Looney Tunes, the Looney Tunes were on TNT, TBS. Mm, that's when I watched them with a lot. different cartoons on Saturday mornings the on ABC. ABC yeah, that's yeah. what I was watching. With different cartoons in syndication that for me ran on Fox before Tasmania and Animaniacs and Tiny uh. Tunes. And different cartoons that ran on Nickelodeon. The Nickelodeon cartoons were fucking terrible. They got they were mostly, the worst run. Yeah, the horrible, like, pr- like colorized Porky cartoons. TNT and TBS, I think, got the best. Bosco. Yeah, that's where I watched the most. And, but, of them. So Bosco was part of that group. 
And Did you remember this commercial wow. at all? Yes. Nickelodeon Looney Tunes. I do remember this. Wow. It really conjured... Yeah, I'd... so but part of that group was the Bosco cartoons, which I didn't know they existed as a kid. He's not; he basically didn't appear in any cartoons after 1950. Yeah, and but he was created by ex Disney animators mm-hmm. who left the Disney group. And they were like, "We'll make our own character." And, and so they you would made... argue that he was a super racist caricature, and well, I said, "No, that's just how people with the palette they had to work with." Felix looks so he is a Felix black the and cat white. Yeah. looks racist, but like isn't. everybody else, Mickey he has, looks he, racist. He has, He's a mostly black body with a white muzzle, white eyes, and though he has a little hat on, but mm-hmm. uh, he was also part of a like groundbreaking thing in cartoons. It was one of the first like voice uh, synced up animated cartoons, like it was where the big deal was. This character is talking to the audience, dancing around and singing songs. Like this is a big deal. He ultimately wanted to talk a lot less, like sort of yeah. Mickey, like wow. Well, yeah, so okay. he later had a falsetto of, like, hey, everybody, like, like the Mickey set the standard for it, but... Because you were bringing it up in Animaniacs, like, don't they go and visit actual so Bosco in, in and Honey? in Animaniacs, there's a kind of, like, lame episode where it had good intentions. It had good intentions where Babs is looking for one female Looney Tune that she can appreciate. Wait, Tiny Tunes or... Tiny, Tiny Tunes, sorry. Oh, okay. so on Tiny Tunes, she tried to find one female Looney Tune she could appreciate. And uh, she found Honey, which was basically Mickey Mouse, a uh, Minnie Mouse of Bosco. Yes. Mm-hmm. She was not that important. They really upped her importance. But that's a, I, I still think that's amazing that's when we, I don't know, when I would credit Warren Spector for bringing back Oswald for Epic Mickey in yeah. 2010. They tried it's to still bring a back. cool thing to do in the 90s to bring back a 30s character as yeah. part of a story arc that most kids would never realize. But how cool they also knowingly redrew them as more animal dog type people. Fox characters. Yeah, so do you have this? I, uh, I do. I, I only did want to run because... Bosco's original voice. Did, did Nickelodeon making me aware because there was like I just had mentioned there were car- there were Looney Tunes and all these different channels. They all had different ones, mm-hmm. and there was a minor battle for a little while. And Nickelodeon had a marketing campaign like, "No, we don't have any more of those shitty 1970s Speedy Gonzalez Happy <laughs> Duck cartoons." And here's what it sounded like: Because now Nick's got more of the Looney Tunes you want, more Bugs, Insta. more Daffy, <laughs> and no Bosco. Sorry, Bosco. <laughs> Yeah, wow. fuck you, Bosco. <laughs> that was actually on a commercial. <laughs> like, those things have been running for five years? Screw them. Well, because they were stupid. Yeah, they, they are a little They aren't stupid. good. They're all the same. They're like those old silly symphonies and stuff. It's just like, what if happy animals danced around and sang a dumb song? Well, Louis like, C.K. did a perfect impression of why, <laughs> why Bugs Bunny is awesome and why Mickey Mouse sucks. Like, Bugs is awesome, kicking people in the ass, fucker. And here's my impression of Mickey Mouse. Oh, too much water. <laughs> <laughs> like, things happen to him. He doesn't make things happen. And that's what a lot of those cartoon well, characters do. at the very do. least, like, he, at least in most Mickey cartoons, Early Mickey dealing cartoons. with a situation of like, but... No, he made things happen. But he in other connect. ones, they're just like, it's the special afternoon. Mm-hmm. Let's have fun. <laughs> or like, here's all the characters on a magazine shelf. Like, they're happy. But, I so, love those. But I still watch Bosco a lot. But now, like to see that he's you, I had to corroborate this. He's a racist character. I had to corroborate this. Character. It is from like the nineteen twenty-eight or twenty-nine. Twenty-eight or twenty-nine. Talkie, first talkies. It's called cleverly titled the Talk Inc. Kid or something. Yeah. The Talk Talk Inc. Inc. Is an ink and paint. Uh, This is what he sounds like. Well, here I is, and I sure feel good. 
Normally sounds like. Wow, who are you? Who is that? I'm Bosco. That's who I ain't nobody else except but Bosco, right? Yes, uh, <laughs> that's the start of Looney Tunes. Is connect like Looney Tunes in general? Yes, it connected to that. Yes, it be. Yes, it be. I gotta say, for a uh, Big Bang Theory crowd, they haven't happened a lot. <laughs> Usually, very entertained. So I don't know. It just makes me sad to see that some things like uh, similarly. Ub Iwerks, uh, one of his biggest, most famous, infamous posts, he created Mickey, or co-created Mickey with Disney. One of his biggest, well-known today, post-Disney things, his um, Sambo cartoon. Yeah. uh, Well, and and his, like, again, love these cartoons, and they were built for all audiences, not just children, and Ub Iwerks in particular, Flip the Frog, is a pretty big pervert. Mm-hmm. And if you look at those cartoons, they look like oh, wacky, enjoyable by, by by children, and then it's just him like hiding in cabinets and like looking at women showering, and it's <laughs> it's it's really creepy. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were the uh, cartoons that stood the test of time were the ones that are a little more family friendly. Also, one of my like there's... a few. Yeah. <laughs> the stories of a anymore. rapist gun. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, and same with Speedy Gonzalez. Like now, you watch it, and it's just like there's I... a lot of lazy Mexican mice in this. Oh, cartoon. you mean Slowpoke, Yeah. yeah. Oh, my oh, sister so Lupe's been with everybody. She's a total slut. Oh, is that the chase, Henry? You are the grand prize winner. So we have a lot of tragedy to get through. Can we get out of the 30s cartoons we can. part of it? We'll stick with cartoons for a second because I brought this up needlessly on uh, on a on an episode of BG Empire because they were talking about pirates and I had just read a book about a fucking Disney cartoon. Here we go. What's the matter with you? All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. Dust. Pixie Dust? Drug, it's a great Just game. Just a little bit of pixie. Dust. Oh, and that sound is like right when he's batting Tinkerbell over the ass. When I was a little kid, like that was. <laughs> I didn't get Tinkerbell that. is the yeah. hottest Disney character ever. I won't want to hear anything else about it. Could be. Uh, I put her up there. Literally, Peter Pan is spanking her, so she drops flying dust on, a, on well, a, so she, an equally hot girl. Wendy. She would happily murder Wendy. Yes. To replace yeah, she her. actually almost like lets her get murdered at some yeah. point in the film. No, I was more talking about, like, uh, I had just finished reading a book called Who's Afraid of Song of the South? And one of that kid who rose to prominence was Bobby Driscoll, the guy who played the child in Song of the South, which... Oh, yeah, Bobby equally, Driscoll, he's an actor. He'd been in a lot of stuff. He'd been in a lot of stuff. He won um, the Juvenile Academy Award, which is the Oscar they would give a kid For about that once a year. <laughs> what? <laughs> Juvenile cat. No, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, it got it. Yeah, there we Thank go. You. There you go. You can get one of these comedy whistles. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, Man, this audience doesn't laugh at a juvenile no, reference. Come on. <laughs> that, well, what this year, like, uh, it's their high school. That cunt kid was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, I'm trying to rekindle a long dead <laughs> argument. Man, that was fucking stupid. Uh, Should the onion be held accountable all for right, me but being this a is a different thing. Uh, yeah, anyway. but instead, instead, I, yeah, she was great actually, um, but. They instead of nominating kids in the adult category, just every year they give like Judy Garland won for Wizard of Oz and something else ah. that year that she was I don't know if she was sixteen. Yeah, she so, was. Uh, well, they felt if I can get in a little Judy, Judy Garland please. biography here, also <laughs> laced with tragedy. At the time, they felt that she was. Uh, some felt she was too old to play 
uh, her mm. because she was 16, and Dorothy's supposed to be like 11. If you look 11, at Feruza Balk's Dorothy, it's way younger, it feels. I mean, I feel, yeah. I feel like she's in her mid-20s. But Judy Garland was a great, a great national treasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, but she won the juvenile. So did Bobby Driscoll for uh, yeah. not any of the Disney movies, but he did So Dear to My Heart. He's and like he played the chess a, player, right? No, you're thinking of Bobby Fisher. What about but he also Song played? He also played Jim Hawkins in Treasure Island. I love Disney's uh, adaptation of Treasure Island. I think it's great. And so he was basically getting older and not casting many movies. And Walt Disney threw him a bone, and, and he's the, the voice. The treasure planet. Does throwing a child a bone play into our? Next he's segment? the voice of Peter Pan. Oh, okay. He's the voice of Peter Pan. So and that, that boy was, that uh, nobody knew. Kind of <laughs> the last thing he ever did before disappearing into the New York underground and becoming a massive junkie. Becoming a massive junkie. Oh, Jesus. And just the idea that the voice of Peter Pan died penniless and alone, and his body was found days later by children, and it being the roaring 60s, wow. had no ID on him, so his body was not identifiable and thrown into a pauper's grave. Over a year or two later, his family kind of wonders, whatever happened to our... A little boy, Bobby Driscoll, and like go reach out to Disney because like you're part of why this happened. Uh, our kid has gone missing, and they managed to track down <laughs> your son's been dead for years, Jesus years, Christ. and like they kept it. It was at a time when they kept it under wraps, mm-hmm. and when Song of the South was re-released in the '70s, it became a thing where like the newspapers like, well, what. What the past? Where are they now? Oh, wow. And then they look into Bobby Driscoll and like, holy shit, that was like our first sad story of childhood wow. celebrity. Man, I never heard of that. that he, he died alone in a vacant building found by children of a heroin overdose. Jeez. Uh, Peter Pan. Just a little bit of pixie. That's where you need the uh, prices right said from them. Oh, I don't have that. Wow, that will. Now that's going to. I'm going to think about that from now on. With the, Good. That's the whole point. With Peter Pan. The whole point is that we're actually trying to ruin certain things. I love the idea that kids find him dead, too. That's really. <laughs> yes, the children found him dead. It was in the book. Who's Afraid of Song of the South is what it's called. A fucking I should very read, I want to read this book. It's, uh, on, my, it's on Kindle. It's a Kindle right. exclusive, I think. I think I could download it right now, even. Indeed. Uh, I, I only, via Amazon's WhisperNet delivery service. I only uh, make sure because how, how long has the, the Amazon link? How long has the child actor stereotype of like you're famous now mm-hmm. you'll be a terrible depressing junkie that will all uh, engage in a ton of well, schadenfreude is that a Partridge family thing? It, nothing is it? well that oh. definitely happened to Danny Bonaducci but yes uh, but not all of them not Mickey Rooney I think it was the triple <laughs> threat of d- different, different stroke stars having horrible this, and I didn't have time to grab clips so I one of the episodes of Laser Time that I'm most proud of, Tell a Friend, is the very special episode one where I took a bunch of clips of the most comfortable, uncomfortable episode ever, the Different Strokes Molestation yes. episode, in the, which opens like this. Hello, I'm Conrad Bain. Tonight on Different Strokes, we're starting a special two-part show on a very sensitive and important subject. Now, we urge families, children, and parents alike to watch both of these informative episodes and then to discuss the problem presented. Which is of deep concern to all of us. Now the world <laughs> Rage in the theme song. Well, but so it happens God. to all like of the three kids on the show: Dana Plato, uh, Dewey Coleman, and um, they all suffered horrible hardships at the result of their early. Fa- Wait, this yeah. is, I have one clip from them last. Time. I don't 
think I'd like the idea of running around and everybody staring at my bare butt. <laughs> it lacks a certain dignity. Well, if you ask me, there are too many uptight, dignified people in the world today anyway. It's time yeah. we all let our hair down a little bit. Yeah. In that case, you let everything down. <laughs> you know, that pizza would taste a whole lot better with a glass of wine. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I forgot now why that episode was so weird because they're still writing in like a sitcom they're still, script. They're still just, like jokes. I love that episode of Laser Time. Very special episodes, uh, all about very serious situations. Yeah. And the thing that makes the different strokes one special, it was one of the first tackling a very hard subject, but never losing the laugh track. And most shows <laughs> like, would have like not played the theme song, the the, the raucous theme song yeah. before the episode. Yeah. This is of serious importance for us. Now the one. Who gave that opening speech? Conrad Conrad, Conrad Bain. Bain, the, the star who somehow of the show. died the recently. Yeah, he outlived half of his children. <laughs> On the so show. yeah, Dana Plato, she like starved night trap gamers. Yeah, she got into drugs and porn and then died an early death. Uh, Gary Where Coleman can I find the porn? had been <laughs> uh, on the internet somewhere, sure. Uh, then uh, Gary Coleman, similar shit happened to him. Uh, well, and then. Uh, the other guy, he wow. actually robbed a liquor store. But, he did? Uh, yeah. Uh, How much did he get away with? Uh, he got arrested. Oh. Commercial alert! Put the VCR on pause. Ah! Hey, everybody. Just letting you know this show is brought to you by Audible. That's right. Audible is the Internet's leading resource for audiobooks, comedy, radio programs, just anything you could possibly listen to in an iPhone, Android, tablet, doesn't matter. Audible supports that. And they have thousands and thousands of products to choose from in their store. And guess what? You can get something free on your pals at Laser Time by going to audiblepodcast.com slash laser and signing up for a free trial at that URL. Yeah, that's right. A free audiobook. And this show, I know the show is a little depressing, so I'm going to recommend something in total earnest. Guess what just returned to Airways right now? That's right. Game of Thrones. But hey, you can get ahead of the HBO show because Audible has the Game of Thrones books on their unabridged right now. And you can get a free audiobook just for signing up for a free trial on us at uh, audiblepodcast.com slash laser. So go do that. I'm a big fan of Audible. I know a bunch of you guys have been satisfied with your trials um, and the service itself. So go, yeah, go check that out, audiblepodcast.com slash laser. Thanks a lot, Audible. subject of Disney, I just read uh, a very interesting story uh, on, Vi- on Vice recently mm-hmm. about the the horrible AIDS death behind your favorite Disney cartoon. What? Split. So, um, oh shoot, you know, I might have to look up his name, but so, if you may remember for the films, uh, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and Beauty and the Beast, the songs were written by songwriting duo Alan Menken. And uh, one other guy. Oh, yes. The other guy... Is this, did they title it Beauty and the Plague? <laughs> Vice is like that. Vice <laughs> is like that. Uh, but anyway, so he was this, like, Jew, uh, this gay um, New Yorker, like, Broadway hopeful. Uh, and then he, like, wrote one sound, uh, thing that won a Tony. 
Mm-hmm. And then Disney hired him, and he was super excited to work for Disney. It's like, all right, Disney. I've I love Disney musicals as a kid. Then he like they the on uh, on Waking Sleeping Beauty. They have this behind the scenes thing where he talks of Waking Sleeping Beauty. It's a documentary. About the 80s in Disney. But mm-hmm. so this guy like inspired everyone. Like he he was like he didn't just write the music, he talked with the directors. He he got them to make much better stuff on on it. But he was also dying of AIDS as he was making that stuff. Like <laughs> I mean he, that's nice. When he started working on Little Mermaid, like he was starting to feel the effects of it. And he actually <laughs> he was he was writing Aladdin from his deathbed. Like the songs of Aladdin from his deathbed. I can open your eyes because I I can't open my eyes. No, he was yeah, he was writing the lyrics to Aladdin. Never have a friend like He didn't get to see He didn't get to see Beauty and the Beast released, let alone get nominated for Best Picture, which was crazy that Mm. that even happened. Uh, but he was like everybody still celebrated him and then but the saddest thing in the Vice story was they talked to his family, mm-hmm. and like he said, his sister is the executor of his estate, which he says is like a full-time job, just dealing with all of his his songwriting, music licensing, and all that. But then the, they have his like longtime partner who did not get AIDS and is still alive, wow. and talks about how they had they owned they built a dream house together that they started building right before they found out he had AIDS, mm-hmm. and then. They said, like, no, we're not going to let AIDS stop us. We'll finish this dream house. They finished it, like, a month after he died. And so his his partner has been living in the home they built Jesus. for their life together for the last 20 years. Just like, this was for both of us. Like, <laughs> Bittersweet Disney I can't, songs. But he's like, I can't sell it because this was what he wanted. He wanted this place to exist. And that's, oh, so, yeah. Does Beauty and the Beast being nominated for that in 92, is that what caused the separation... Of like no, anime, it was animated. way it was way later oh, okay. to get a, the animated the animated uh, award didn't come to what two thousand one two thousand yeah it was like Shrek oh was and the Shrek first one was, oh, okay, or right. something like that yeah. so holds that distinction and now it now it stands it lives on as a huge joke yeah I couldn't cannot express how angry I was when like brave <laughs> like even that's the only animated movie you saw on the list yeah. Wreck It Ralph is better. Wreck It Ralph is a way better movie. Yeah. Ah, whatever. But even then, it feels like give Wreck It Ralph an Oscar for being just don't awesome give the way it is. Yeah, yeah just get rid of the category. But what's in the, all right? What's more tragedy? Is there any other tragedy <laughs> like uh, family entertainment laced with tragedy that you guys wanted to bring up that I don't have? Mm. Wholesome entertainment laced with tragedy. I feel like there's something obvious and it's just not coming to me. So I'll see well, what you have. Well, I. I <laughs> Depends on what we want to go into now. Well, let's go. We can go. We can take it. Uh, stick with cartoons okay. for a second. Um, Not on this show. Let me. S- oh. Yep. 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 Oh, Ducky! How can you not love Ducky? Talking to uh, the Littlefoot. Littlefoot, the uh, peddler of nuke of Robo- Robocop Two. Forgot <laughs> about that. I am not a long neck. I am a big mouth. But I am all alone. I, I am. am. <laughs> I watched uh, that movie like a hundred. It's really times. good. Yeah. Like, hundred times. You remember, like, like right at that moment, a tear rolls out of Littlefoot's eye, and like, I remember Ducky dodges as, it. As a little kid, I felt like I thought my voice as a kid sounded just like Littlefoot's voice. Really? As a kid. <laughs> and I don't know if that's accurate. Oh, you've been good. It still does, actually. Or what? Are you? Lo- what? What? What are you? A dinosaur? 
Long neck. Long yeah, neck. you were long, long neck. neck. Uh, I don't like those three the horns. Loves it. Uh, <laughs> audience loves it. Uh, Where are you going to uh, s- the Salvation? Great Valley. The Great, Great Valley. Valley. Ooh, Great the Valley. audience loves you. As little oh, I'm sure they all grew up with um, Lamb Before Time 7 through 10. <laughs> so what happened to the voice of Ducky? Uh, wait, what did happen? Was that the one who was uh, Well, she later shot. appeared in also, all she also appeared heaven. in All Dogs of Heaven. As the main female actor. Uh, mm-hmm. Carried the movie, and then what did happen to her, Henry? I hope uh, she was murdered <laughs> by, by her father. Jesus! <laughs> it's the I people, no... the people stealing all of her money. Yes, murdered her. I have no idea this happened. Yeah, I know. I didn't know yeah. this happened until Henry bought it to light. Either you bummed out, Mikey? Yeah. This, yeah? Is, this is a bummer story. I, <laughs> is it a bad time to give you that gift wrapped? All dogs go to heaven on Blu-ray. Seven ninety nine. Target. It didn't cost nothing. It's a two-pack. It <laughs> comes with the second one you didn't want. It didn't cost nothing. No, it comes with a sing-along trailer for the, yeah. cool. the second movie, which Burt Reynolds was too good to appear in. So Burt, who played him? Uh, Charlie, Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. I wish Charlie Sheen was a tragedy story. I wish he was dead. I can't. Just fucking die, buddy. <laughs> I deeply resent that he was... Well, one, that he got to stand up. Fucking best television actor. Never seen your show because it looks terrible. Like nobody I know watches your show. How are you the biggest fucking actor in the world and can sit here and say things like this and be right? It sucks. And then you got another sitcom where they just said, "Yeah, if it's gets good ratings for ten episodes, we'll renew it for 90. And so he gets, to, he gets to float yeah. on that. That what's anger management? The Adam yeah. Sandler based movie on the show? Adam Sandler film. It's based on that movie. Yes, yes, starring Charlie Sheen and who the fuck knows else. And it, it'll get a hundred. Hundred episodes, and he'll get a million dollars and go crazier. And <sighs> but now he's so he's super tame. Like he was supremely entertaining. Like I was rooting for him during that downfall. But yeah, I, but I do miss it. I miss it a lot. He overstays welcome. But yeah, it was uh, so that happened. But that's not the only Don Bluth tragedy. Oh god. Either there was uh, let's the, let's let's not forget how how she died though. If we're gonna really focus, on murdered the by her father. Yeah. But what were the specifics of that? He shot her. I believe it was one of those deals where it was a uh, like the a divorce, a messy divorce gone I, bad. I'm not sure how accurate it is, but I was under the impression that she was burned at some point. Maybe that was it. Burned alive. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was her and her mother. We're trying to keep this funny. I'm pretty sure that's that's how it ended. <laughs> you up. look so tired. I'm exhausted. Uh, also, in the in yeah. the secret of Nim, the voice oh, of Miss F- Mrs. Brisby uh, was a very poor, tortured actress who um, killed herself. <laughs> like eventually killed herself. Also, by the way, <laughs> that reminds me. You know, on South Park, South Park they used to have a go-to lady uh, as who played pretty much every woman on the show. The dating voice, yeah, including Miss Mrs. Uh, yeah, Stan's mom. She. I watched so much of those early episodes. Hearing other people do those voices is still weird. Yeah, yeah, but so she was also a very troubled woman who took her own life. Oh, <laughs> and I'm remembering a very obvious one. Which one? That. I don't know if you grabbed it or not. What? Phil Hartman. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. God. Um, that, that fucking bump. That's still... like it Chris Farley died within like two or three months. But like, strangely, everybody was like, yeah, we all saw everybody that coming. Everybody saw that coming. We all coming. saw that he, coming. He was not taking care of himself. Like, they made jokes about it. Like, if you read it, I lent you ta- the, the Chris Farley biography. Yeah. When they... His last hosting gig on Saturday Night Live, everybody was like... 
you are gonna die. Like you, you had months to live. You've got to stop. Like everyone knew it was coming, but with Phil Hartman, he was he was a boring guy. His he was just a cool, funny, boring, normal dude. Yeah, nothing crazy was supposed to happen to him. Oops, time to start. What's up, y'all? Bill McNeil saying there's a party all up in here and you need to get with the flow. Oh, yeah, Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor's got the heavyweight power, but you got the E-Arch to rip it up to some fat booty beats. Or just chill with the honeys. So get on the rocket and see the stars. Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that clip from the news radio. <laughs> One of my favorite bits with his voice was uh, he recorded a, a baseball a commercial for baseball that they were editing over and over again uh, to get it right. And he would say in the lines, like, the crack of the bat, the whip of the ball, we all love to go see our boys. And the manager was like, hey, listen to this funny thing I can do. I'm on crack. I like boys. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Hartman. Well, and it hurt this. Uh, it really hurt news radio because, like, you couldn't. Dude, that episode, episode. I still watch an yeah. occasion where, like, the actors are crying for real. They're like, addressing they're the death it. of yeah. his character, and then, then here's John Lovitz, the next yeah. best thing. But also, his last episode <laughs> of the show mm-hmm. was the season finale, which was a, a now very dated. Titanic parody. Oh, that's such a good episode. It too. is such a good oh, episode. But he's, I love that episode. He's also the only one that doesn't die in that episode. Like, he's the only one. I, 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 I did think that was like, I don't know if that was like totally appropriate because they uh, read a letter that from his Bill, character, his yeah. character, had written about his own death. Yeah, which you kind of just were like, well, well, accept it. Like it. And then you have Andy Dick in the episode playing like he's in denial and it just ah, uh, man, you just Well, he probably... and then they're making him do it when he's thinking to himself like uh what John Lovitz blamed and joked, but I don't think all that jokingly blamed Andy Dick for killing John Lovitz or Phil Hartman. It's a fairly recent news story of a fist fight that occurred between Andy Dick and John Lovitz. Because yeah. they, they said Andy Dick got his wife, Phil Hartman's wife, addicted Bryn, to coke again, yeah. which is what led her on the path to murdering him and then killing herself. Yeah. Where's the laugh track? I'm sorry. Well, it was one, and that was also a sad. So funny. That was also a very. It was such a tragedy <laughs> too because you to let Grim go on. Like you had no idea you had. It came out of the blue. It was yeah. so violent, and then you had to think about it for a while because it was a long time. It was like almost nine months before the final appearance of his character Troy McClure on The Simpsons. Oh yes, that. That's and once his last like, shot was there, you're like, oh, he's dead. When like, kids, I find out that kids like The Simpsons and grew up without the Troy McClure or Lionel yeah. Hutch character. And like, man, you missed out on a lot of shit. You missed the best guy. Well, Lunch Lady Jimmy Dora. Apollo's Lunch Lady, Lady Doris, Doris too. Doris too. Yeah. Wait, he wasn't Lunch Lady Doris. No, he wasn't, but that lady died too. Oh, she, she, yeah. she died not long after the critic went off the air. Actually, she was also on Critic. As Speaking, was the character Doris and the Critic? Doris is what I think yeah. there was an article on Vulture from uh, one of the producers in The Simpsons and The Critic talking about Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel's appearance as yeah. themselves on The Critic, which is is a cool and memorable episode of that show. They actually hate that's I listened to the commentary it, on that one. They don't like it. They actually didn't like I each don't, other I don't, on I, a certain I, level. I don't. I, what I had read in one of the obituaries that Gene Siskel was also like traditionally worried. 
because what ultimately what they were, they happened to be on a television show, but they both wrote for competing newspapers. Uh-huh. And that still meant something to Gene Siskel, like, you're my competition. <laughs> Every time I go out and promote you, I'm not happy about that. Yeah. That's so weird. I never knew that. They yeah, wrote, wrote yeah. for competing Chicago. No, I knew that. I knew, I knew but just that, that, like yeah. that's all Roger Ebert ever did was a critic for a Chicago newspaper. Sometimes the whole time. The sometimes the entire time, like his entire career. His entire career, and I don't know the way people are treating his death is fucking beautiful. Yeah, it saddens me so much. So I actually, I'm not going to name his name, but it really made me mad when some because they called him a chinless a Batman. F- no, a friend of a friend of Sorry, a Michael friend. Graham, Jesus. Like, he, he's kind of a film snob, and he wrote online. Like, I've never met this person in real life, but he, he, wrote, on, he wrote on his Twitter uh, to the effect of Roger Ebert was a cancer... Roger Ebert's voice was a cancer upon film criticism. What? He died of cancer of the throat. Rest in peace. Is that a live like, track? I can't a, tell. I was like, what a dick move. Like, who also hates Roger Ebert? It was... Did you see that clip I, I pulled up online mm-hmm. of... It was uh, Siskel and Ebert discussing with the New, uh, New York Magazine film reviewer Return of the Jedi. And, like, Siskel and Ebert are very much, like, on the side of, well, this is just a fun... Kids like this film. This mm-hmm. is a fun film for kids, and we're not comparing it to Ingmar Bergman. Well, meanwhile, the, the New York Magazine guy was like... This is making kids oh, stupider than they, No, he really sounded like, oh, like This is making children stupider than they need to be. They should see <laughs> real films for real people and then Seven Seals. And yeah, and then Gene <laughs> yeah, and then Gene Siskel <laughs> just like compared it to uh, you, you should just watch it. It's it's a very interesting chain like idea of what film criticism was thirty years. I thought ago. in ways one of the he got in deep shit, for, like got flack for. Uh, in addition to, I just referenced him saying video games are not art. Yeah, which he eventually came out and like, yeah, I just I shouldn't have said that. Like that sounded like the thing I man. was He's trying the... to fight against. Yeah. He was a huge proponent of online uh, criticism. No, and online. he was also like for another example of Ebert being ahead of his time. He had this story in his book I read as preface to his review of um, the Wild Bunch, and the Wild Bunch at, at this time was. Mm-hmm. Hated by the establishment film critic, they're like, "This is too violent. This is disgusting. It's ruining children." And they talked about it at like the premiere. People were mm-hmm. giving him a bunch of shit for it. The director, mm-hmm. Sam Peckinpah, and then Roger Ebert stood up and said, "I think this is an amazing film and a very important film, and you should be very proud of this film." And like he, he was you know, way ahead of those old Scorsese back in the day when Scorsese movies were slightly controversial, which I can't even imagine yeah. hearing glimmers of this Mean Streets movie's gotta go. <laughs> what? what? Now, Ebert was so ahead of, of yeah. anyway. But, they, but his nothing about him did. One of the things he, he got a bunch of shit for, he hated one of the. The first or the second Transformers movie wrote a negative he review about it. He hated the second one so much. And like Twitter was just coming out and people were like, man, what the fuck do you know, you old ass film reviewers? Like, no, I can understand yeah. if you like it, but you're just ignorant. Yeah. Yes. And that, of course, was like taken as like, Roger Ebert's called those idiots. He's yeah. like, no, no, no. Like, I, I watch for a, his regime. Like, how many movies do you watch a day? Like, usually three. Yeah. Like, I, I watch three movies a day. Yeah. Like, and so I know a little. And then I, write critically about Yeah, I it. have a wider knowledge of all of film, and to yeah. me, Transformers. But also... Revenge of the... The effort put into the titling two, alone. Revenge of the Fallen. Transformers 2 is a horrible film written by no one. For nobody. <laughs> like, it is... You are stupid if you like it. Yes. And like, it made $700 million. Yeah. Yep. yep. 
Yeah. Oh, well, now I want to go. I read, I read. Which read. is, that is, that is someone just like me made a monkey's paw wish for a Transformers movie. And <laughs> that's what you never and said. That's you what, didn't want it directed by Michael Bay. And that's what they got, was that trilogy. <laughs> Did you not say anything about it starring mostly humans and Shia LaBeouf? Uh, Miss Little Elston? I hope you like the guy from Monk. <laughs> <laughs> I read that the next uh, Transformers movie... <laughs> They're having a lot of it set in China, so that way they can get ahead. Big surprise! Of because uh, apparently, if you film something from, in China, most of them are made with Chinese. Well, with Chinese, with some Chinese actors. See, only so many foreign films are allowed into yeah, China. That's what Iron Man Three is doing. Yes, yeah. there are. There's China specific footage. It's shown. really sad. It's really sad. weird. You know it'll pop up on the DVD, and we'll, but we'll be able to see exactly how weird it is because yeah. they now have to a- appeal to China by being pro-China, yeah. and they're getting their own cuts. I'd, Screwy. Whew. Anyway, uh, let's go to break yeah. real quick. Uh, did want to say Roger Ebert, super cool commentary. He did commentary on the Citizen Kane standard definition DVD. So good. And Dark City. The dark. I love huh. the movie Dark City. Huh. And I think that's one of the last commentaries he did before he lost his uh, voice altogether. He was a champion. I thoroughly for Dark recommend City. picking up Dark City. It's Good a interesting. great movie on DVD, which you can find on Amazon through our links and help us out. You'll hear more about that in the break. We get back more things you loved marred by horrible tragedy. Thanks, everybody. Welcome back, I guess. Sorry for the delay. If it wasn't clear, work, packs, and debilitating sickness. But we are back, and we are going to keep spitting out episodes on a week-by-week basis. Hopefully, you've been entertained in the meantime by um, Cape Crisis, Cheap Popcast, and, of course, Vigigame Apocalypse, which has been out every week. And uh, I think beat us to posting this week because we're late as well, in addition to... Another week. Man, we are behind. Well, it doesn't matter. I want to thank everybody who supported us via PayPal. Like A, a bunch of people came in uh, and shipped in donations via PayPal, which you can do at lasertimepodcast.com. You can also support us just by buying things on Amazon. We have a random cycle of new stuff that we recommend on the right-hand sidebar. You don't have to buy anything we link to as long as you shop Amazon in that visit. Search like normal. Buy whatever you want, usually at the cheapest price on the Internet. And you can support us by kicking back a tiny commission back to us. It's that easy. We also have a t-shirt store, so I really thank everybody for doing that. Until then, I just want to make sure, you know, everybody, please like us on Facebook, uh, Laser Time Show, uh, facebook.com slash Laser Time Show, uh, twitter.com slash Laser Time Show. Please tell a friend. I would love to get more people listening to this. Uh, we got some really fun stuff in store for you in the future. And again, terribly sorry about the delay, but you know what? Life happens. Voice is still not up to snuff. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Players of time, second segment. Welcome back to the most unnecessarily depressing episode of Blazing Time. I was sort of inspired. J- Dave did an episode of Cheap Popcast recently, mm-hmm. which has the most humorous tone for the most morbid material I've ever heard in my entire life. One of which he brought up was... Who, <laughs> Henry? Well, Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit, and 
he found like people's testimonials on the day he died before they knew yeah. what happened. Mm. Where Stone Cold Steve Austin's just like, he's like the greatest guy I've ever known. Uh, he's one of the best people in the whole world. Stone Cold E.T. Yes. Well, because that's how they did. They wanted to, when they found the bodies of, his, of him and his family, yes. they wanted to believe uh, you know, that it was just a tragedy. Like, that it was unintentional. And that, uh, so... They made the show about him, and then the very next day, when the truth was out, they're like, okay, we will never mention Chris Benoit ever again. Yeah, and somebody show. sent out something that he was in the, nominated for the 2013 Hall of Fame. It, that will happen eventually. Nah, he'll never go to the Hall it, of Fame. Dude, it's a matter of when. No, like, they'll acknowledge his accomplishments. Yeah, it'll never happen. No way. No? You don't no. think so? He's, no, he murdered his, his family. Trick, like, <laughs> like, that will yeah. never happen. This isn't even... Yeah, there, there are different levels to this stuff. There are guys who... Like, say, the story of Kurt Hennig. Like, Kurt sure. Hennig, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, he had... He got... He was a great performer, but did way too many drugs, mm-hmm. had a cocaine addiction, and died an ignoble death of overdose in a hotel room, like, at age in his mid-40s. I believe Macho Man did a very moving tribute to him. Yes. Perfect friend. Exactly. <laughs> and there are dozens of guys like them, but they only hurt themselves. And so... It's, there's a tragic aspect to it, and you wish that they had been more responsible with their own lives, but that's all they did. Mm-hmm. While meanwhile, you have Chris Benoit, who went crazy, if you want to try to disassociate him from it. Man, stupid fucking Puff Daddy crew just like outpouring those sad raps. But now they're wrestling it up in heaven. (laughs) That just makes me miss Macho Man. But so, but Chris Benoit murdered his wife and child. Like that's that's way worse than just could have been an accident. He. He killed them hours apart. What like he may slipped on a pot and pan. <laughs> he strangled them. Yeah, maybe. And suffocated them, people's like elbowed. So yeah, so that's why he should not. I was the biggest fan of Chris Benoit of anybody. Like, but Winslow's accomplishments mean more than like his biggest misstep. No, I Never? would say in pro wrestling, fake accomplishments are not the do not outweigh taking the lives of two people as in. And the, just how despicable it is to kill your own, to kill your wife and your son. Like, your little young son who trusts you so much. Family meeting. You kill him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Family fucking meeting. This one, a couple S.H.I.E.L.D. fans out there. Yeah, but so, the giant spoiler for the Family shield. meeting. Um, Not really. But yeah, so, that, that's why I don't think, and it, and it also like taints his old stuff, his greatest moments anyway. Because like I've watched... I watched some of his best matches recently, like, just mm-hmm. wanting to see the performer he was. And, like, as much as, like, WWE won't sell his stuff anymore mm-hmm. anyway, but his videos are all out there. Mm-hmm. You can watch them on YouTube. So I watched what I remember being one of his biggest wins, which was he was in the paper. He was in his hometown, and he beat Shawn Michaels with Bret Hart's finisher, which in Canada, to beat Shawn Michaels with Bret Hart's finisher was a major deal. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this was his greatest moment. This was when it cemented him as, he is a champion. He's not a fluke. And it was such a cool moment. And then, in his celebratory bit in his match, 
they cut to his wife and his son watching from the audience (laughs) and cheering him on. And I was like, well, this ruined the whole thing. Like, this... That's what it means that it can taint his stuff. Like you can't, well, you're, you can't you're, watch it and not know he's no, you're, you're, his like if, Even if like there's an actor who's known for playing a lot of great roles, they're still fictional roles. And if you're if you care at all about their persona, which is what you do with a wrestler, uh-huh. I can see how. But they blur the line. Of they do blur the line. It's so not, like yeah. your actions as this icon mm-hmm. can taint. Yeah, as I, opposed to like... Uh, like you could be right. Maybe I'll... Like I'll for just... George Reeves, like that's tragic enough where he was... With Superman? He was Superman and people what were like, hey, Superman? you're Superman. He was... So they thought he killed himself for a while, but then he was murdered. Like someone murdered him. Murdered but, uh, I have a murder button. Here is a sad fact about murder. him too is that he made no money from that. Like he really? Got paid, he got paid really shittily that in between some seasons he dug ditches. Like when really? there was when there was a Superman. So I got work. that build, man. That a fucking old man barrel chest. <laughs> Big exactly. fan. Exactly. Yeah, he dug ditches. Like he didn't make money off of being Superman. He hated it. Hated it so Just much. Constantly getting guns thrown at him. Well, yeah. He also said he was at. Uh, here was another story I heard about George Reeves and Superman, uh, where he <laughs> a kid so much in the show. There were ki- like kids would see him all the time and be like, "Hey, it's Superman!" And he would do public appearances, as Superman. And then a kid at one of these things pulled out a gun. Like he had got his dad's gun or something and pointed it at Superman. Uh-huh. And it's, he had to calmly say to him, like, hey, you know, you can shoot that at me and I'll be fine. But the bullet's going to bounce off and hit one of these people in here. You need to be careful. And then the kid was like, oh, okay, thanks, Superman. And, Jesus and, Christ. Like, how could you not, like, shit yourself when that Jesus. would happen? Like, and, yeah. I thought you were just, like, the Houdini aspect of people just running up to punch him in the gut. That, too. I mean, he, he got no respect. Like, he was not respected at all. Like, I believe uh, they made a movie about that called Hollywood Land. That's right. With oh, ben, ben Affleck, Affleck playing George Reeves. George that's Reeves. the movie? Yeah. I, I think it's... it's is it Based partially on about then? Yeah. Or all about the death of George Reeves? Mm, I think most. What was the one I'm thinking of with uh, Greg Kinnear as Bob Crane? Autofocus. Oh, Autofocus. I saw that movie. <laughs> so, that was such a sad the, the movie. The star of too. Hogan's Heroes was like this outlandish sex addict. He loved. He, okay, he was in cutting. <laughs> he was a cutting edge video guy, like, loved filming stuff. Because he also was an adorable a sex addict. star. He loves, yeah, he, <laughs> he, was, he was just so into sex. And then he had a best friend uh, who supplied him with all his video equipment, uh, who then got him into the weird, yeah, Willem Dafoe, <laughs> got him into the weird sex scene. Uh, and then, but he was also in love with him. But uh, Bob Crane did not reciprocate those feelings. And his uh, reaction to that was to beat Bob's crane, Bob Crane's head in with a uh, tripod. Really, really cool tripod. Yeah. Bashed his head in. And then he didn't even go to jail because <laughs> they couldn't prove it was him. Even the film had to make it like very... Yeah, I couldn't like, deliberately state deliberately whether, whether like, it was. Whether who it was. else would have? Who <laughs> would have done it? All right. Let's see who else, who else I have. Here listed. This is these are. Oh man, why the fuck did we choose this category? Well, there was of course you know like the Naked Gun films with O.J. Simpson. Oh, dude, that sucks because that character Norberg in those movies is so fucking funny. He's so funny. I mean, O.J. Not that O.J. Simpson did a particularly good job of doing anything. It's a funny character. In the third movie, I believe he just he. Scuba dives into a harbor and like falls into a mouse trap and then gets baby dolls attached to his foot and falls over an guitar. Like everything bad that could happen to a person 
happens mm-hmm. to O.J. Simpson. Well, like, that, that does suck. In number one, when, in the, in the oh. first thing again, where you see it's the film starts with him sneaking around in all black. I and do. Like, I because at, at the end of because I had I remember I caught the last couple seconds of the first Naked Gun movie on mm-hmm. HBO at a friend's house. I didn't have HBO, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is everything I've ever wanted a movie to be. <laughs> it's not taking itself seriously. It's super outlandish. It's Norbert comes cartoon. up at the very end in a wheelchair. He's like, ah, good job. Norbert pats him on the back and the dude oh, in the wheelchair rolls, rolls down out, the yeah. stairs, hits, he hits flips the, and does like six flips out of it. Funniest things I've ever seen. And I, I have seen that with people now and they see that scene, like that scene in particular I was watching with somebody and somebody's girlfriend's like, good. Shit. Like, <laughs> fuck that that humor's that's ruined so, forever. It's so just O.J. Simpson yeah. getting his. I don't know what it was, but I I don't know what movie it was as a kid. But I saw that trailer in the theater, mm-hmm. and I remember laughing my ass off mm-hmm. at that whoever it was flipping over the edge of the baseball mm-hmm. stadium. O.J. Baby, wow, but you haven't seen you're felling Reggie. I have, but I saw oh, when okay. I was like ten or something. Like all it's right. so old. Man, I wish I. I, and I again, saw I saw all three of them in the theater. I think. Mm-hmm. I wish there were more of those movies, but everything that's not Naked Gun is fucking terrible. Yeah. Except for maybe basketball. Basketball's pretty rad. Oof, <laughs> watch that a couple years ago. It was, it was hard. Even the warts on your dick song. Basketball. I I liked when he was trying to watch a video of something and it was uh, cars running over animals instead. <laughs> uh, I also did like that when. Like the two of them just Matt and Trey just made out hardcore for that scene. Yeah. They knew it'd be hilarious, and it was. It was I think that movie's filled with a lot of brilliance. No, I there's a lot. That's the thing is, there's like half a dozen great laughs mm. strung together by a movie that is just boring. <laughs> like, and, and, but and, it, and it's also super weird because I had just assumed those. They were the creators of a television show yeah. who came outside the camera to be these very famous people. And I thought they'd be with us our whole lives. And they're not really in the public eye anymore, don't care to be. Well, they, well what it, Book oh, of Mormon, they I hate mean. being in the public Yeah, but like they were made the stars of a major oh, see, Hollywood movie yeah. for creating a TV show that people love. Like well, if, they, if Mike Judge was somehow propelled to be the main actor after Beavis and Butthead or something like that, or Pendleton Ward is well, thrust also, into the starring role. They also felt that it was like killing them. They said that mm. fil- filming basketball and doing South Park at the same time was killing. Them. I can't imagine doing that. Like they did, they weren't sleeping. Like they, love that but... Scatman sequence, man. <laughs> Matt Stone in the pimp outfit, licking the camera. Tweet up, up, up. Anyway, the film had Yasmin Bleeth and uh, Jenny McCarthy. She has a they, couple of lines like, "I gotta I go suck they... the chrome." Off. I just finished sucking the chrome off this trailer hitch for you. Yeah. <laughs> She can suck the crow. <laughs> uh, Ernest Borgnine. That was. This is one that doesn't make it sad, but he had that funny <laughs> bit late in his life where they. I think he was on. He was on some morning show. They asked him like, "How do you keep so young?" And he's like, "You want to really know?" And he whispers, and but he's it's all mic'd, and so he whispers. <laughs> he's like, got a lapel mic on. Yeah, and... he's like whispers. I masturbate all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Which who knows if it was a joke or not. But... <laughs> Still pretty gross to think about Wait, some old guy cleaning himself mas- up really slowly. I masturbate a lot. Who is yeah. he saying that to? Uh, the one of the a news anchors, big haired Kentucky Fried Hair local news. I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember that clip. Yeah, it's it's probably, it was it's probably funny. given to you when you started your job. The local news and probably, what not to do. Probably. But Ernest Borgnine is awesome. Like he's yes. the best. Ah, oh, he was so fucking good. Uh, what about David Carradine? <laughs> yeah, David Carradine. <laughs> it does suck just because I feel bad for 
Because I was a big fan of Kung Fu, and Kung Dude, Fu The Legend Continues, for I what think it's worth. whatever happened, Kill Bill redeemed him and as an Kill awesome, Bill was awesome. awesome well, that was, yeah, the, in, in, general, in general, Quentin Tarantino has a great way of finding these actors who are like, get, get failed. Mm-hmm. They just became jokes and starring in garbage that is far beneath them. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, no, I remember you were a good actor. If I wrote something for you to, you could that's, get that's this out of the park. You think I'm sadistic? Yeah. Oh. He gave him that. He gave he gave him so many great speeches. Him telling the legend Superman of Pi May is Superman. Yeah, it was so great. It it should have elevated David Carradine to a whole new level. I think it, it almost did. It, it did, just... and then he was dead like two years <laughs> later. He died jerking off Depeche Mode style. Yeah, in but also or like in excess, but then in. Right? In Singapore, or in some, Thailand, Thailand was super shady. Yeah. Where like you know his wallet's missing too, so who knows? Yeah. But then like you know, yeah. I don't think it's Thailand. When you hear the horror stories about Thailand, no one goes to this elaborate trouble of faking autoerotic asphyxiation. They'd fucking kill him, stuff him somewhere, and take his shit. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> this is too elaborate. Yeah, so that was that was sad. He was he was so good, even though he started a bunch of garbage for like. And I will only recommend years. trying not to say anything else. Strangely, one of the, the directors with the best track record mm-hmm. in in the biz, Bobcat Goldthwait. The movies he's directed, mm-hmm. Shakes the Clown, Windy City Heat, and World's <laughs> Greatest Dad. If you've seen World's Greatest Dad, you know where uh, this segue is coming from. I think it's on Netflix, starring Robin Williams. It's fucking awesome. Please watch World's Greatest Dad without me having to say anything else. Right. Anyway, it, <laughs> that the darkest comedy I can possibly imagine... Yeah, let's move into some darker comedy ourselves. You brought you brought this yeah. up. I would I I because the way I feel about it is the way I know the internet felt about it when like the allegations against Kevin Clash, the voice of Elmo on Sesame Street, came out that he may have had sex with an underage person. Everybody's like. It, there was some major attraction, and I, th- I thought at the time, I was like, no, it looks like what the news really wants to report here is he's gay. Is that he's gay. Yeah. He just had a documentary made about him. That is ruined, by the way. It's 100% ruined. It's 100% ruined. But it was such, it's such a, a touching be- documentary. It's such a beautiful documentary. Yeah. If, you can, if you can somehow not know any of this stuff and still watch it, it's awesome. Yes. Uh, he seemed like a, a great guy. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to retire from Elmo. I was like, what? You can't retire from Elmo. Don't do that. And the guy's like, I recant my testimony. He did not sleep with me while I was underage. Uh, and then he comes back. I'm back at work, everybody. And the kid's like, I know I recanted, by the way, but I want to recant my recantment. <laughs> and then other people start stepping forward. And you can just you can see it's... Yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. It feels like something in the 40s where like people won't accept a scandal involving a certain celebrity. Like, uh, no, I didn't. You can't touch that guy. No, Leave Clark Gable alone. Elmo didn't do that, yes. <laughs> Elmo would never do that. <laughs> I wonder did the, I'm just And then another the, person came forward. I was thinking why I'm thinking of <laughs> thinking of the Toys R Us days and how Keep going up. Jesus. And how much I it's impossible to talk over whatever is happening. 
Is he being murdered? <laughs> like, is it like the amount of talking Elmo merchandise that's still on the shelves? Like, did they take it down? Is it still there? Yeah, he's still he's been his voice for twenty years. Like, you can't been his voice for that. twenty years. I, I love that story. It's fucking like fascinating. That puppet existed forever, yeah. yeah, and didn't have a voice per se. And you can look up old voices of Elmo, which is like, ah, I'm a monster. <laughs> see, well, also you can watch uh, that documentary, and it gives you like I. It only gave me more respect for Jim Henson. Like yes. I love Jim Henson so, so much. You, you said at one point, that if they would have framed that documentary as the story of the first black Muppeteer, yeah. it's equally really cool and powerful to watch. And then yeah. I think you also said to me, it also should be the story of the first... Or of a prominent gay Muppeteer. Well, that's a, and yeah, you said well, that before these allegations came out. Well, now, gaydar... that was the weirdest... Yeah, it set off my... The film set off my guitar because the whole film, they, talk, they, they have all these things about how he was... People made fun of him. He was as a kid for making puppets, and that he was seen as he was seen one of the yeah always playing with his dolls and seen as one of these softer guys. And and how then he moved to the big city and didn't have to worry about that anymore. And I was like, this really sounds like you're gay. Especially then he talks about how much he loves it. Like both of his parents are alive, but he had a lot more positive things to say about his mother. And all these things are like this. You really sound like you're gay. And then halfway through the film, they're like, well, no, like 275% of the way through the film. It's like, and then my daughter with my wife, I was like, ex-wife. What? Yeah, it was. That's and they did gloss over that part. Like, why? Yeah. What ex? You, like, a Muppeteer is an ex-wife? That's yeah. kind of weird. Even though Jim Henson's wife just died. But they had been divorced. They, been, but they, they were, were separate. good friends. They were, they were separate. Still, yeah, but they were one of those happy I actually was like, but I'm always shocked every time I read that, that Jim uh-huh. Henson was... Estranged was, from his wife. He was more committed to his work. That's what I think. probably, but, probably. But Jim Henson, uh, no the, time to fuck some fifty-year-old lady. Gross. In the film, yeah, in the film, Fraggle Rock to me. In the film, they make it seem like you know, just meeting Jim Henson is like, oh my god, this is the greatest moment of my like. He's he has just such genius to be in the room with him. Is, and, yeah, and, and uh, that one of those. I love old pictures of Jim Henson because he always looks fucking like busy as shit. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I got one picture with Jim Henson at Disney World. And he's like, oh, yeah, we can take a picture, but let, do me a favor and like let's pretend we're doing something because I don't <laughs> want to look not busy. Mm-hmm. And then you see the shot and it's like, it's him squinting his eyes and pointing at something and you realize that's totally fake. And every, <laughs> every single shot you see of Jim, Jim Henson doing such a thing look like he's giving direction or working. Wow. Is because he wouldn't be photographed and not working. That's funny. I never knew that. Yeah. So yeah, but that now does kind of taint Elmo, especially the film being Elmo. It, At the end of the film, there's what well, was once dude. a very touching scene where he he finds a young boy who who is really into puppets, and he's like, "Hey, you want to come to the Jim Henson pup, Muppet Puppet Factory? I'll show you around." And then. The kid is like a super big nerd for Muppet stuff. Like really, really, really cool. good. He knows the shit. That kid's good. But then when you watch it now, you're like, you're, was this innocent? You're like, three years off of the age of the, pe- the three age. people making the allegations. Yeah, it, it's <sighs> weird. It's, uh, it, it, and whether and so that's the thing with it when this stuff comes out that you can't. The scene, I've you watched can't that movie. know what's going on in that scene. It just taints the whole scene. It taints the you whole know what's scene. going on in it, whether anything happened or There's not. There's a scene there that gets me every time, and it almost got me just thinking about it because we were watching WrestleMania, and John Cena comes out, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I do a lot of... Uh, about every day I do some Make-A-Wish Foundation stuff because mm-hmm. he's fucking Elmo and a glorious person. Yeah. And he's doing this Make-A-Wish stuff to this little girl who's dying. He's like, I love you, you love me. 
thank you. And then, like, in one swoop, like, the team, Make-A-Wish Foundation team, like, grabs Elmo off his hand on a pillow and, like, moves him out of the room. And the girl is following his eyes, and he moves out of the puppet, and the father comes up to him and, like, gives him a huge hug. I know. While the dying girl isn't looking, and they're both, like, crying in one another's arms. And now that scene is fucking ruined! And I've seen it three times, and it fucking ruins me. Ruins me. (laughs) Did that pick up on the mic? Probably. Oh, no. Yes. It was an exasperated fart. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Blazer time. Grim's not here to bring the quorum back. It's sad. It is. Yeah, it's it's sad in general, I think, when you know too much about the people behind the scenes on stuff. like. But that's just what happens now in general. That's, like, and that, that brings me to this one. Um, this is a, a great clip. I'm glad I got it. Mm. Um, because it reminds me of this. Because, all right, Kevin Clash is no longer doing the voice of Elmo. Fortunately... He recorded the next two seasons worth of dialogue. <laughs> yeah. And so when this other person, Paul Rubens, was arrested, uh, he looked very unlike his television persona. He had long hair and a beard because he had also shot two years worth of his show were in the can and went out Pee Wee Herman. And when he, mm-hmm. if you look at his mugshot, he is super, looks creepy as shit. He, he looks like a pedophile. He, uh, and I love this clip because... I remember actually seeing this and caring about it, and I was not even watching MTV. Oh, Pee Wee's first public see, appearance was coming, pretty great. coming back out of the MTV Music Awards. Thank you. People hadn't seen him in like a year. Chef. Chef. Oh! <laughs> Heard any good jokes lately? God damn it, Pee Wee Rules. He was also really good not too long after that. He appeared on Murphy Brown. Mm -hmm. He had had two really funny guest spots. Only time I've ever watched Murphy Brown to this day. And when he was on those, he had this bit with her where he said, like, oh, you think something happened with Murphy Brown? And then he, like, is shouting at her. Well, you think you could just apologize and everyone would forget? No, these (laughs) these things follow you forever. That, I don't know which one to segue into. But but so he was jerking off in in case Man, you weren't that's alive. Man, fucking then. bullshit about it too. So he was caught. Well, it was a stupid butt. Like it was one of those things where cops even look at it like, Florida, like what something. do we do? We have nothing to do. We have to justify yeah. our paycheck, and we go down to the local what everybody calls and kids mm-hmm. with internet porn. I can't really understand this either. But there was a jerk den. <laughs> porno theater and apparently people that's what people did in theaters yeah. and everybody accepted it and then when cops were really bored and nothing to do and had to justify their Needed paycheck they'd go and shake it. down the jerk off they would they used to do that to the gay bars before yeah. it like that was what if you've ever heard of stonewall that's it was in response to that cops would do raids of gay bars and march out these dudes like ah oh, fags get out of here like it was just and Stonewall was when it was a bar in New York where mm-hmm. the gays finally fought back. Like, no, you can't arrest us for just being in a bar where it's only men and wanting to meet each other. Like, you can't do that. Yeah, technically, and, if you looked at this from any other angle, this is the best possible thing you would do. And a city planner would probably designate areas like these for <laughs> events such as this so that it only happened here. Yeah. If but, you but really so, gave a fuck. Let's see. Yeah. Pee Wee Herman was jerking off in a theater, like even allegedly there. It just like, but everybody in the theater was basically arrested. Yeah, because that's what you did in the theater. It was basically up to you to prove that you weren't jerking off or touching yourself. 
And mm-hmm. God, it's just, ah, oh, man, thank God for internet pornography. I'm so worried someday that iPad face front camera is going to turn on and start yeah. broadcasting. It did happen to a, uh, a, a streamer a streamer of League of Legends streamer and that's, who... That was also led me to believe, like, this is a different era because he did that, got caught. He, like, um, yeah, big League of Legends streamer. I'm out. Peace. Left his streaming equipment on so people could not only see his face but what he was watching to get down to business. And then the next day he's just like, lol, doing a Reddit I'm... I'm uh, this took it in fucking stride where I was like if that remember when you were a little kid and there was a rumor there was a kid who was jerking off yes yeah ostracized from everybody that became what he was known as yeah uh, but yeah the, the didn't the similar thing happen to Fred Willard no wait I have this clip I, God I love Fred Willard so much uh, you know what would be funny I don't know if they can do this uh, uh, just an idea off the top of my head why did he put the blood on, put on one of those Sherlock Holmes hats, and put a little pipe in his mouth? Are they ever allowed to do anything like that, dress up a dog in a funny way? No, that's, that's not quite what the uh, purpose of these shows is. But it would, I think it would really get the crowd going. You know, you know what I mean? The Sherlock <laughs> Holmes hat yes. with the pipe. I don't know if you could make it look like smoke's coming out of the pipe. I think that would be a little dangerous. <laughs> I'd get a kick out of it. <laughs> uh, His my, character in that movie. If you're gonna dress that way in my neighborhood, you better be a hotel doorman. <laughs> One of my favorite <laughs> jokes in that. Uh, my favorite character he played was in uh, Mighty Wind of mm. the of the failed TV actor. It was like it was on a show that was barely on TV for What's six your- episodes. <laughs> Six episodes, and he seemed to think that everyone recognized him from that. And yes. he became and all of his all of his famous catchphrases. And he'd be like, "What happened? What happened? Uh, I remember what happened." So what's the scandal here? Oh, this is uh, recent. He, like he was just allegedly caught jerking off publicly, Pee Wee Herman in uh, a jerk off house. And it just and uh, this was even more tragic because yeah, it's like, it's like who gives a shit? The poor dude doesn't know there are alternatives. Uh, there, he there can't are understand off in my neighborhood like, yeah. still to this day where hobos are allowed to go jerk it anywhere that's in, not in between our cars. <laughs> they are given a space to do things like that. <laughs> Hooray! Let's applaud those. <laughs> God damn it! Masturbation should be fucking prescribed to everybody. It's just sad that like why. Who cares that he was doing that? Like it didn't hurt anyone. Like the, yeah. what are the police doing with their time? You know, it was just more more especially tragic that he's just so fucking old. Yeah, he's a lovable old I, guy. I forget how old he is because all those other guys seem like mid seventies, but he's like yeah, he's way older. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- he's so fucking funny. Fred Willard is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, so another one though. Where you can get mad at him is Orson Scott Card, I think. But you he's, think so? oh, we did bring. But, you wanted, I was asking both of you if there was anybody related to comics. Oh, John Byrne and Orson Scott Card. Those are the two. Well, well Orson Scott Card, go ahead. Why? Well, Orson Scott Card is just he's really get, the more he opens his mouth, the more homophobic he sounds. And there was actually like he he was famous. He wrote Ender's Game. That was his big yeah. book, and he was a very respected sci-fi writer. Did you write Ooh. some Star Trek episodes? Is it, am I mistaken there? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Now, you, you might be thinking of Harlan Ellison. Mm, I don't know why I would confuse those two. But, uh, but anyway, the, the dude, he, you know, he was very respected oh. writer. But then he started making more and more comments about gay rights and civil rights for them and how it's... At first, it was just like, well, that's not comparable to blacks. And they, they have a totally different thing. And, and then he's like, gay marriage is crazy. He was been treating 
treating homosexuality like in a very old way of saying like, oh, it's a, it's a mental condition. These people need to get over it. Like, and he only kept going with that. But those are his personal views. But it was really gross to find out, especially because like a lot of very liberal people like enjoyed Ender's Game. They thought yes. it was about. It was a very good. The internet generation book. loves that. Yeah, the, and that it was very anti-war and about how you could brainwash children into fighting wars. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it was about. And then when they find out that they're, they had <sighs> such an opposite feeling for these people. And then the most funny thing was he wrote he wrote a book about Hamlet recently, like his take on Hamlet as a as a, a novel about Hamlet as a novel, but in mm-hmm. his version of the novel, the. Um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are, are very gay. Like, oh God, you, I was could put, you could put a gay reading into uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, but it's never obvious. But they are so barely there. They are detestable, gross gay men in it, and then they also imply that Hamlet is crazy because his gay father molested him. What? That uh, <laughs> that's what happened. I really, have read a lot of interpretations on that. Mm-hmm. Never that one. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that's Orson Scott Card. Like he's just, just becoming. Wanna, I have no other platform to complain about this, and I have to be careful with what I put out there. I don't want to, especially because I don't want to put any time in it. Everybody recently on Facebook changed their profile to a red equal sign. Yeah, and that for some reason just like, wait, what the fuck is that for? And I'm like, Elston, what? The, why do people do that? What does this mean? Like, oh, it's a gay rights thing. And I'm just like, why are we? Still talking about this. I'm so fucking bored, and there's so many other issues I would much rather talk about. I'm uh, fucking bored. In, in and this look, case, anybody, if you hate gay marriage, are you not tired of it too? Well, let this, it go, yeah, well, and your life will be exactly the same, and I won't have all this annoying shit all over my Facebook. Equality, like, I can't well, believe no, I'm talking this case, about it. In this case, there was a big push for it because know, the this, justice. It's, the the moment is happening, mm-hmm. seemingly. Like, it's going to it's the Supreme just, Court. It's just such a, like, I don't know. Again, I'll go off on a Star Trek rant very um, this close. But it's like, it's just like, you're going to lose this fight. Yeah. Pick it's a different progress. battle. It's this is progress. when you're going to lose. Just, well, so just pick something else. For, more, more than that, it just feels like I, I'm really sick of this issue. Like, yeah. it, technically, to me, is it well, not... For non- what it's worth, I don't think most gay people care that you're tired. No, 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 it. but it's not that either. It's like, it's just like, it's such a non-issue, like... Gay guys want to get married. Who gives a shit? Well, fine. Well, yeah. Well, fine. fine. Who gives a shit? Like, yes. why do I have to... But I'm more uh, uh, coming from a perspective, like, I'm sick and fucking tired of hearing this every day. If you are against it, well, let it go, be, and uh, let's never hear it about it again. Well, if you, you know... Uh, if the, you're against this it... Was turned, it was turned oh, into... so irritating. It like, was turned into a wedge issued by the Republicans. Like, this was why I'm aware, was I'm, everywhere. I'm aware, like, but it's like, it's like, if you're as tired as I am, and I am mm-hmm. obviously... Whatever. You're tired as comes from irritation. Theirs is like a this. Will, I know this I is just, a corruption. It's a, of something. It's destroyed. But I'm not. Society. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm not talking from the perspective of like. Oh well, I see what you're saying. I'm not talking from the perspective of, of like you know someone who's gay and should be fucking pissed about it because they have every right to be. Right. Someone who do, this doesn't you you against this doesn't affect you at all. Give it a day. <laughs> see how it affects your life. Right. It um, won't. And I I'm agree. really tired of this. And I know you are too. So let's band together and just let this one slide. Let's let well, that is a, yeah. let it let it go. Well, in this case, I think it's about to be let go because God. even even Rush Limbaugh and Bill Aren't O'Reilly they tired about it. How do you well, sit no, here and they, talk about this? Well, no, they basically just gave up. They said we can't win this. Like this, 
And the, their way of saying it was that the gays just have a better argument. The, the better <laughs> argument being See, equality and civil liberties. That's why I don't want to get involved the same by the government. I hate the idea like, well, someone's got to win this side. Like, there really isn't a side here. Like, you don't yeah. need to care. All right, well, isn't, there, isn't there a thing, though, where O'Reilly is typically, like, um, social stuff is not... Uh, he's more socially liberal than you think yeah. on a lot of stuff, like gay, like he was... Pro gay adoption. And tough on pinheads. He was pro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was pro gay adoption. He was pro. He was pro civil unions always. Right. But he, right. He's but he still took a stance of eh, the tradition of marriage. Blah blah blah. But right. the government and and Rush <laughs> and, and Rush Limbaugh had similar things too. But then Bill O'Reilly like and I also saw him get in a pretty entertaining to my liberal heart argument with Dr. Laura, that mm. horrible woman. The, the about like he had said he had said well the the gays they talk about they can talk about civil liberties and wanting to be treated the same by the government all the republican side can do is thump a bible and say this isn't right and then laura dr laura was like how dare you say thump a bible and you turning your back on these people and dismissing their their beliefs and uh, anyway gross this is a gross. whole other thing I mean, right. the republicans just like look you might have to start paying taxes soon if you don't start focusing on that issue. <laughs> so let's let this other thing go so my Facebook feed of well-meaning, like-minded people can go back to talking about things that we actually like and care well, about. Uh, that I, Not I thought of changing the thing to the equality sign, but I also was... It felt like it was one of the like almost like a Coney 2012 just, thing of just everybody I'm so disconnected the from the politics that are actually happening. Like, wait, we're still talking about that? No, I'm well, normally yeah. like looking at this like... A, like a stupid Again, ant farm. Though, like, are we we're do, not done with this? We do live in Move a liberal. We do live in a liberal bubble where it seems like this was dealt with. I just can't like imagine the kind of person who thinks we are the state that voted no. This yes. has any bearing on their lives? Fucking idiots. If it, Speaking it, of which, look, I'm trying to transition. Back into, you were that you kept. Uh, you talked about this. Way I did. It just, like right now, it's just like. I'm so tired of hearing about it. I just don't want to hear about it anymore. Why is this still an issue? It doesn't concern any of us except the people who want to get married. Who gives a shit? Anyway. You and your stupid love. Like, why am I giving any thought to the way you love and the stupid ceremony you want to pull You are the one now talking about this. You said you were going to drop But that's the point of it. I'm not arguing, like, for them. It's just like, I can't. why do I have to consider your love life? I'm tired of this. Anyway, speaking of that... Also on the Pee-wee front. Is it over yet, Buster? Do you read me? Uh, loud and clear, Mr. Peterson. Call me sir, goddammit. Yes, 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 sir, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Jeffrey Jones. The FBI uh, left his cheese out in the wind. Uh, as part of the same sting that yeah. got Pee Wee Herman again. The second time, yeah. And what they, I think what they ended up getting, he's like, what did they get you for? He's like, oh, uh, I'm on a list now. <clears throat> and uh, I had some art that depicted some... Underage kid you know, from like yeah. hundreds of years ago. Yeah, it was weird. I don't no, know. no. Pee Wee Herman's was art. Jeffrey Jones is part of the same sting, and those uh, were definitely young kids. Yes, he, he, solicited. he solicited young. What he that's thought not was what PW man. did. Yeah. It was not, but they were part of the same sting that brought yeah. them in. Like about, I guess, about ten years ago at this point. Jeffrey Jones, he played a. Uh, he was in Beetlejuice. Played the father in Beetlejuice. Yep. A um, bunch of Tim Burton movies. Mm-hmm. He was the newsman in Deadwood. He was. He was the newsman. That was like the last thing I can remember seeing him in. Yeah. He was in Sleepy he was Hollow, really good in that. I think, like right after the scandal. No, Sleepy Hollow was before. You think so? Yeah. Could be right. 
Um, but I love Jeffrey Jones. I love his character. He's a really good actor. But Principal Edward Rooney. Uh, Mom and Dad Save the World. Yes, he's the star of Mom and Dad Save the World, <laughs> starring John Lovett's one and only starring role. It was. Other than High School that High. That movie was funny. I, I, I snuck out of fucking summer camp to see that movie, which to me like baffles me. <laughs> hey, mom and dad are going to send you to this paradise all day where you do nothing but play video games outside, listen to music, and do whatever you want with your friends. Fuck this. <laughs> I want to go see a movie. Uh, It'll be a, that'll air on HBO every day. That's how I saw it. It was like years later, it was every on day. HBO every day, and I was like, eventually I'm like, you win, HBO. I will finally watch it. Shut up. But every so day. Now knowing his... For, uh, that he has a predilection towards young men, like it is. If, I think it more gross is, it is he's gross. fortunate enough to, to like. I guess not a lot of people know who he is. Well, he's a character actor. He's a character in that actor. way, he's lucky. But, but there was a sting, and the two people they got were Pee Wee Herman on some shitty charge, Paul Rubens, yeah. and him on some very serious charges of soliciting young male boys uh-huh. for sexual favors. I believe. I believe allegedly. Let's say yeah. if Jeffrey Jones is listening. Uh, but love him. Holy shit! What's that other? Ed Wood. He's fantastic. Everybody oh, yeah. watch Ed Wood. I want to go watch that movie immediately. Uh, so I also one last person I want to mention was comic artist John Byrne. Mm. Where it was, uh, he was one of my favorite artists uh, growing up. He then did a really bad Spider-Man run, which soured me on him. Do you remember Spider-Man Chapter One, Brett? Really mm. bad. What really is Spider-Man Chapter One? Uh, it's when he tried to rewrite the classic Dick. Uh, Ditko Lee. Man, I just, I just watched Spider-Man. that uh, In Search of Steve Ditko documentary you yeah. posted on Laser Time. That's great. And that's it's also, really, really good. To a slightly lesser extent, that that reminded me of like Ditko is like a hard, hard, hard line libertarian. I had not heard that much about Mr. A. Yeah. Alan Moore had written songs about Mr. A. A big time Randian. Like, he lo- like Steve Ditko loves a- Ayn Rand's books. Yes. And Steve Ditko lives. In rapture, yeah, and a very conservative dude, like mm-hmm. the most uptight guy in the world, and it's, and then it's so funny that like he they, they talk about the, the insanity of it that he that hippies drugged out hippies loved Doctor Strange, like yes. loved his shit, and that it's and like also, where did you come up with this? I just thought what a world would look like. I just thought really hard about it, and then and, I did it. And there was like, there's no way that dude's not token like 24-7, waking, baking, yeah. all the time. He's like, no, I just thought for a second what an ethereal planet plane would look like. <laughs> no. Uh, well, and then, he, uh, and then it's funny that one of his biggest fans is Alan Moore, who's mm-hmm. as, as liberal and out there and wacky as you can be. Like it was also one of those moments I forget that I can love Alan Moore and just hearing him talk about Steve Nicko so awesome. is, is, really was glorious. Is. Yeah. Uh, so but, what about John Byrne? So John Byrne, uh, he there. I I read this article that brought up a pattern that kept popping up in his work of pairing young women with older men, mm. and there are some really gr- uh, like he kept bringing it up in some really gross ways. Like for example. Uh, like when the first times they did it, you know how uh, Uncle uh, uh, how the thing always says, "My Aunt Petunia, Aunt Petunia's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle Benji." In Burns' run, he reveals that Aunt Petunia is actually younger than Grim, <laughs> and that she is the second wife of his like seventy-year-old uncle. So it was like this thirty-five-year-old woman with a seventy-year-old man, which is <laughs> which is weird, but whatever. So then cut to 
uh, they reveal there's like this flashback where uh, Sue Storm reveals she'd been in love with Reed since she was 11 and like or 13 maybe mm-hmm. and there's this weird scene of like her recognizing that she's in love with him and expressing it and he, and Reed looking hot and bot like pulling at his collar right when, and Ooh. I was like this that's gross the Reed Richards I know would go like well, that's a childhood infatuation. I am not attracted to children. Nor do yeah, I believe yeah. in love. Yeah, he would also just say, like, I've I been to the love dimension. Yes. I know. Her vagina is not made of unstable molecules, exactly. so I give not a shit. So then, cut to here's another one. Uh, the, <laughs> is a, the next one is. Uh, is the Wolverine Jubilee thing? Young, no, no, no. Young Lois Lane, uh, like, when she was in her mid teens, uh, tried to. Uh, was digging up dirt on Lex Luthor, businessman Lex Luthor. And Lex Luthor caught her, and uh, there was an off-panel strip search of her by one of his female workers to make sure Lois didn't steal anything. And then after they got rid of Lois, he then says he's going to watch the strip search video again. Jesus. All right, so then cut to another story where it's uh, Superman's uh, kid... It's like this weird like future where Superman and Batman's children are all hanging out together. One of Superman's kids is a woman with a the body of a 13-year-old, but she's actually like 70 years old. And then she's like wants to be with this Green Lantern and the Green Lantern's like I do have these feelings for you, but society wouldn't approve. I just couldn't. She's wow. like, "Come on." And then then in that same series a 50-year-old Superman goes back in time to visit his, his childhood days, meets Lana Lang in her teen, like 14-year-old Lana Lang, kisses her on the mouth in a really gross scene. And like, <laughs> cut to in Jesus. when they brought back the new Spider-Girl. He introduced a new Spider-Girl named Ma- Maddie Franklin, who has since been killed in the storyline. <laughs> but Maddie Franklin is uh, like mid-teens girl, has a crush on Spider-Man, kisses him forcefully, like one cover is her kissing him, and he doesn't want it. It's really weird. Then, one more example they brought up in the thing was that he did the this story, the, the series, um, oh, Doom Patrol. Mm. And in Doom Patrol, there's character Elastigirl and uh, the Robot Man. And they both like have a relationship. And they is he both a robot age. man or he a is man a robot, robot man? He's man a man robot. in a robot's body. And so their souls both get transported back to the past. Uh, and they have a 10-year-old Jesus. age difference. They, they have a 10, 15-year age difference, but they both met as adults. They go back to the I past, see, see. and it's him in his 23-year-old body with her in his te- her 10-year-old body. They only see each other in their old bodies. They share a kiss, and someone comes in and sees them. And they're like, you just made out with a 10-year-old girl. Like, Please do not depress me. And so again, oh, my it, love is genuine. <laughs> yeah, so it was all these scenes of like, no, this is genuine love, but society doesn't oh, get it, man. Right. No, I, I see exactly what you're saying. And then, and then John Byrne made the case even worse on his like, message boards where I he talked about things. like someone asked him about you know, gay rights and gay marriage. He's like, you know, society is very unaccepting of things that aren't just vanilla heterosexual heteronormative relationships people really look down on a lot of things that go outside of the box yeah. <laughs> and then in another one he you talked you seen this Miley Cyrus? yeah <laughs> when another one he talked about how he he once dated someone uh, like 28 years his junior mm. 
Sexy. And when he said that, the he was over for he was he was about fifty. So if you were to do the math, like if he ever dated someone thirty eight years his junior, like wait twenty eight or thirty eight? I forget how it was, but the math. All right, so the math lined up though from what he said that the girl could not have been. More than eighteen, what well, at right. best was eighteen when he dated her. Like because he said it, uh, it, it was really there's gross. a twenty eight year age difference, and the math added up to like well then she was sixteen when you met when you dated for two years she was sixteen and like, he was like thirty or something thirty something yeah so it's it was just a lot so on. many oh, yeah. yeah he he's really. <laughs> Seems he has a real feeling for. So we were discuss- we were discussing whether like Woody Allen or Roman Polanski would fall into this. Well, they didn't do kid stuff. Yeah, they didn't do family friendly entertainment. That is gross. Like I hated that in the, I really hated that in the in the Woody Allen documentary, which was really good. Mm-hmm. I watched recently. It was on PBS, but the two part one. Yeah, the two part one. It's on Netflix. When it comes to Sun Yi, mm-hmm. when it comes to Sun Yi, they're like. Eh, whatever. You know, he just he's a guy, and he met a girl. He met a girl through God. his wife. That's. I mean, he, uh, they're not related, so like, no, he he was raising her, and then mm-hmm. they they started having sex. Like, that's no, mm. that, that is, is a, abuse. I'll call that, that is, a mild abuse of power. That is a systemic abuse. <laughs> like, you can't. You're grounded yeah. to my lap. It's it's <laughs> it's fucked up. All right. Anyway, right. we've well, been late your time. This is a fun uh, I episode. Hope, I huh? hope this is a, a good, uh, our, our comeback episode because I want people to like us and tell a friend about us and uh, review us on iTunes and share us around, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and basically help tweet and get the word out. Like it's, it doesn't take a lot, people. Just share uh, on Facebook and write a nice message. Maybe recommend us to your friends. I don't know if this episode is one you want to do yeah. that with, but I wanted to come back with something inter- is something slightly scandalous to talk about. Something. Something fun that we could research a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's generally what we do, talk about pop culture stuff in a fun way that uh, we haven't heard it talked about before. Uh, and weird, weird little themes, and that is what Laser Time is all about. LaserTimePodcast.com is where you can find more information, including our uh, links to our other shows, which include Cape Crisis, the comic book. My You'll comic never believe book. who hosts that. Yes, that's me. That is Hank. Hank Henry Gilbert. Henry Gilbert. Henry uh, hosts the comic book podcast, Cape Crisis, comes up around every Thursday. We have VG Empire, which releases every other Wednesday. Is it not? Yes, every other Wednesday. It's video game, music, podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I just came back from PAX East, and everyone uh, that came up and said hi. It was super awesome. Yes. It's uh, always the highlight of my year is going to two, the two PAXs. Seriously, everybody like, showed up at PAX this year. Like, it was great. So much. Everything was awesome. We're not, we're not as high profile or like doing things regularly that we used to. And no, we have our usual Saturday night meetup, and it's always a blast. And that I we wish... didn't record a show, and people were still super cool. Yeah, I would actually prefer and... not recording a show because then we could just hang out and talk. <laughs> it was no great. work involved. It was great. Uh, go to PAX Prime because we'll probably be there, and it will be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing we'll be in that game works again because that seems to be what always happens. More importantly, go to LazyTimePodcast.com. Yeah, yeah. There are links to donate. If you like the show, we are mostly listener-supported. You can donate uh, $1, $20, $100, as much as you want or care to part with to uh, help us keep the lights on on these five shows. We also have Cheap Podcast, Dave Rudden's uh, Once a Month uh, wrestling show. I, you and you, him and Sean, uh, a new guest, Sean, recorded um, the WrestleMania one, which I think is one of our most uh, hardcore. I'm not on there to like yeah. ask questions. What are you talking about? 
We got a bit inside. Uh, but it was and, fun. And then uh, Video Game Apocalypse is our new weekly video game show hosted by Michael Parras and Ann Lewis. Super fun. I yep. encourage everyone to check that out. I am on the seventh episode talking about DuckTales. Um, I think I'm on the third or fourth. It's yeah, super fun. Um, and then we, if you really want to support, if you, the easiest way to support Laser Time is to go to lasertimepodcast.com and click through any of those Amazon links there and buy whatever you were planning on buying on Amazon. Anyway, it costs you nothing. You'll get it at the cheapest possible price, and it'll kick back a tiny commission back to us in, the, in hopes that more of you do that. We can actually start covering our hosting costs and whatnot through uh, your purchases. It doesn't really cost light bulbs or a fuse or something for these lights. Uh, actually, one of you hit the dimmer when you turned on the lights, and it's fine now. Uh, oh. There's a little dimmer there. You can't see it. Light bulbs cover. <laughs> Microphone <laughs> bands need to be replaced. That was a chance for you to say how, how the lights are busted. Uh, you I guess totally just I, well, it undid it. So the metaphor of keeping the lights on doesn't work. Everything. <laughs> All right. LaserTimePodcast.com. We need a, a happy song to go out on. Uh, uh, something happy. I mean, we usually, anytime we have anything that's a bunch of downers, it always ends up with Smile Darn You Smile. smile. <laughs> Did we do that? We've done that before, but fuck it. How about Zippity Doodah? Zippity. It's been done. Uh, we'll do Smile Darn You Smile. Right. I love it because Roger Rabbit just came out on Blu ray. Or a B Sharp song. <laughs> Baby on board? Baby, unfortunately, no, pretty good. Smile there and your smile it is. Uh, boop, 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 stop it. Ladiesonpodcast.com. Yeah, that's all, folks. <laughs>